Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. to the Gallant Review podcast. My name is Graham Curry, and I'm joined today by Derek Niven, author of the book Pride of the Bears, a book based on the Barca Bears, winners of the European Cup Winners' Cup of 1972. Derek, thanks for joining me today. Delighted to welcome you on to the Gallant Few to tell us more about the book. Thanks for having me, uh, and uh, glad to come and talk to your listeners today. Thank you. As I mentioned in the intro, it's a ba- it's based on the successful team of 1972 to have defeated Dynamo Moscow in the new Camp. But it's not your typical football book, is it? We can't expect to read about the tactics Waddle deployed or Davy Smith's cross for Steen's, Steen's header. The book is about what shaped this team as individuals. Can you tell me a little bit more about the book? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... I'm not a, a football historian or a football journalist. Uh, I'm actually a, a genealogist. <clears throat> and so my, my profession is doing family histories. Uh, and uh, a few years ago, I was out for dinner with a, a good friend of mine. And uh, I said to him, I've come up with an idea uh, for a book, uh, but it's based on family histories. And the idea is to take a successful football team uh, and at that time, if you remember, Who Do You Think You Are was a very successful uh, uh, TV programme. And, and the format was basically on that sort of format, a kind of Who Do You Think You Are in a book, but, but basing it on a full, a full football team. And he said to me, that sounds like a great idea. Now, that team was actually the 1967 uh, Lisbon Lions uh, but we, we don't need to go into that in too great a detail for your listeners today. But, of course, I've been chased by Rangers fans and friends 
uh, over the years to say, right, come on now, John, uh, Derek, uh, uh, as my uh, pseudonym is, uh, let's get uh, the, the, the 1972 Rangers team done. So uh, it's actually more based on family history than it is on, uh, as you say, football tactics and uh, what happened uh, in the new camp uh, in May 1972. That, I would say, is going to be written more succinctly uh, in uh, two years' time uh, when it is the 50th anniversary. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm sure the game will go, be gone into in great detail with a few books at that point. Of course. Um, I think the Rangers support are becoming more interested in the history of our club and, and what makes it the force it is. We've, we've seen in recent years like, a, a grown interest in how the club was founded. Um, the Founders Trail, that's been a huge success in recent years and I think there's a growing appetite for a museum to be built. So there's definitely a, a growing interest in the, the history of our club, which I'm, I'm sure bodes well for, for your book. Well, funnily enough, uh, going back to the Founders Trail, a couple of points there. Um, I, have a, I have a good friend, I don't know if you know him, Neil Stobie. Do you know Neil? I don't know Neil, no. Neil was very much involved in the formation of the, the Founders Trail. Uh, he did a lot of the, the research into the, the four founding fathers. Uh, and as you know, that uh, two or three of them came from Rue in Dumbartonshire. Uh, and uh, when I was doing the research into Derek Parlin's uh, family history, uh, if, if you've read that chapter, Derek Parlin, uh, him, his family uh, lived in Rue for generations. So they, they actually probably knew, you know, that the, the, their ancestors, or Parlin's ancestors probably knew the founding fathers. Um, because Rue is, a, as you know, is a very tiny place. He, and, and, and the thing about Derek Parlin was um, his father also played for Rangers. He, and at the time when Willie Waddle and Willie Thornton signed Parlin, he, I believe uh, that Waddle and Thornton actually lived in Westerton, a, a, what do you call it, a conservation village. So they went from Westerton to Rue to sign Derek Parlane, uh, but they did it through his father, who used to play for Rangers, and his father made sure that Parlane signed. There's, uh, a few th there's a few interesting crossovers like that throughout the book. We'll maybe go on to talk about that, how histories and how family histories have um have crossed over like that but yeah i did i did read that for the, the derek parlane um chapter um so yeah that was that was quite interesting that um so i read the pride of the jocks book and found that interesting so i was really looking forward to the Lisa, the pride of the bears uh, can you tell us a bit more about that that series the series of books as well well, the, I mean, the series at the moment comprises three books, uh, which is the Pride of the Lions. Um, and, uh, you know, look, for, for your listeners who might not be interested in the Pride of the Lions, I mean, quite a few of the players were actually Protestant. You know, uh, I, I mean, uh, Jock Steen, you know, used to joke that uh, he, he used to sign up all the pro good Protestants because that would stop Rangers getting them. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I followed that up with the Pride of the Jocks uh, because um, 
particularly a, a great uh, hero of mine was Alec Ferguson. Uh, the, the first game I, my father actually took me to, to Ibrox was November 1969, which I think I, I relate in the book. Uh, and it was Rangers versus Gornick. And Alec Ferguson was actually playing in that game. And Jim Baxter actually scored. But Rangers went out 6-2 on aggregate. And it was the end of the Davy White era. He, he was effectively sacked uh, shortly after that game. Now, when you look at that team, it actually has the nucleus of the Barker Bears in it. So it has, you know, like Greg and, uh, well, Henderson, who, who didn't get to the final, but, uh, you know, like, uh, a, few, uh, a few other players, Jardin, etc. So the nucleus of the Barker Bears was actually uh, there. So White should be given some credit for actually you know, signing a few players that uh, actually went on to become the heroes in Barcelona. And it was Bodo who then took it forward. He took the project forward yes. and formed that team. Bodo yeah. took it forward and obviously his assistant was Jock Wallace. Uh, and Wallace instigated the, you know, the, the sands of Galen, you know, uh, And in the pride of the Jocks, he obviously has both Waddle and uh, Wallace have their chapters in uh, Pride of the Jocks. Uh, and uh, w- uh, Wallace himself, his father was a he was a professional goalkeeper like Wallace. Uh, he was Jock Wallace Senior, uh-huh. and they, they both played for Blackpool. But uh, Jock Wallace Junior also went into the British Army. Uh, and I think that's where he le- learned his tough training tactics, uh, which he employed in Galen, uh, and which uh, obviously bore fruit in uh, Barcelona. Yeah, the fitness um, became an element of that team, didn't it? It was um, the, the Junes of Galen, as they say. That's, that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, so they, all, they, they definitely had an impact and, and, and gave the fitness to the team. So it is worth mentioning that, that Wado and... Wallace are not mentioned in Pride of the Bears, so if, if after reading Pride of the Bears, you do want to find out more about the management and coaching team, you can then go to Pride of the Jocks and get more information in there about Pride of the Jocks. And there's another two um, ex-Rangers managers in there. There's Walter Smith and Graham Soonis of the, the 16 managers that you mentioned. And, and both both Smith and uh, Smith and the Soonis are both interesting chapters. I think actually uh, Smith, if you go back in his family history, I think his name was changed uh, to Smith on the basis of, you know, uh, it was on the basis of an illegitimacy back in the early 1800s. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was at Campbell or something like that. So, so but for a, a quirk in history, his name could have been Campbell instead of Smith or something like that. There's a lot of family history that goes down that route of, of strange um, paternal roots. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, like, in those days, it was classed as a scandal. Uh, you know, and you had to do your your 
three Sundays on the pennon stool, you're like, eh. and and it was actually worse for the women than the man, you know, because like, tend to be the man would go to the church and just deny it, uh, but the woman obviously she she bore the child and she couldn't deny it. And there's a few mentions of that in the book where the the woman would actually name the child after the father to to publicly shame him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Now, I don't include these things in the book uh, to, 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 to uh, shame the players in any way. Uh, what I'm trying to en enlighten is uh, what actually happened in their history. You know, like, uh, you know like, uh, it happened in every family, it happened in my family history, it happens in every family history. It was just part of life in those days. Of course. Uh, uh, and what, what I also try to... Uh, outline in the book is that most of the, the players' family histories are very much like our own family histories. You know, like we've come from poor backgrounds, we've come from agricultural labourers or coal miners or, or, or just poor railway workers or something like that. And you know, like, I mean, if you read, I don't know if you've read John Gregg's chapter, I mean, his his great-great-grandmother or whatever, I mean, she died in the poorhouse, you know, in, in terrible circumstances. It was a very sad story, so it was. Um, uh, but it was just part of life in those days. And I think that's what the book's trying to, to draw out, isn't it? It's trying to show that it's it's your family that make you. It's all these stories that, that form you as a person and, and form your character. Um, so all these stories throughout the book actually give you an insight into each of these players. I really enjoyed the book. It's something that I read cover to cover. I was just engrossed in each of the stories. So I read it, you know, chapter chapter to the chapter, right to the end. But it's one of these books where you can actually dip into it. You don't need to read it. Um, it's not like a novel where you read it chapter one to right through. If your favourite player's Sandy Jardin, you... You go to Sandy Jardin chapter and you can have a read about him or dip into Willie Johnston. You can, you, that's how you can read the book. Well, funnily enough, I have a good friend and, and, and one of the things he posted was um, that he didn't know that Sandy Jardin was a twin, which come out in the, it come out in the, you know, the study of his family history. Uh, and that was because when I was researching his, his birth record, his brother's birth record was obviously the very next. You know, it came five five minutes later in the in the records. You know, so the and you you don't know what you're going to find until you actually look at the records. That's the thing about you know, like doing this. But what what I've also tried to do, and you know, a lot of people have said I've laid it out quite well because I've broken it into small chunks. So rather than just having a full chapter. With, without breaks in it. What I've done is I've put each generation into their own sort of heading so that if you were only interested in certain uh, people within that, you could just read that section. You as you say, you don't need to read the whole thing. Uh, you don't need to, but as I say, I get engrossed and I, I, I read it cover to cover. I also liked how you included chapters for the other players in the squad. So you mentioned there were 16 chapters so well, you, yeah, you mentioned you know the Parlane, um, Jim Denny, Fife, Pennon and, and Neath these are all guys that won medals or, or were awarded medals um, 
So, yeah, it was really good to get there. Some of these guys I hadn't actually, I didn't know about um, Fife and Penman. I tell the other three, but I hadn't heard of Fife and Penman. So um, it was interesting to read about them as well. And I was also surprised to learn that only five of them start, only five that started the final had played in all the previous rounds. Just, I, I had it in my head that teams had their, you know, they had their fixed 11 and didn't deviate from that. But there was obviously squad rotation even uh, in the early 70s. Now, I know we'd had a few injuries going into the final, but um, that obviously shows that there was squad rotation at that time as well. It was quite a big squad. Derek Johnson only played in the final because both Ronnie McKinnon and Colin Jackson were both injured. So he was actually a third pick. <laughs> And he then went on to become one of Rangers' greatest players, so he did. Uh, so, I mean, he's been involved in some legendary games, you know, like, uh, you know, like he's... Uh, I think I wrote about the, the, his first final against Celtic, where he scored with a header, uh, and he brought his whole family down on a, on a minibus, and they called it... Uh, uh, the, the, what was it, the Johnson... DJ Special, I think the book called it. That's right, they called it the DJ Special. And when they came down, they had no idea that Derek Johnson was going to go on to become one of the greatest Rangers players of all time. You know, it, yeah, it's, 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 and, and nice wee stories like that. And I, I like to be story that he wrote in his own book. It was about the, it was about the death of his father. And it was very poignant, so it was, uh, because he'd gone up to the hospital uh, and found the bed empty. Uh, and, of course, the nurse didn't even say to him, she just said, your father's not here. And it was only when he got home, really, that he realised that his father was dead. You know, uh, and it was a poignant story, uh, and I thought uh, that, that was a nice one to include. really... Sorry to interrupt you there, Derek. There are some really harrowing tales as you read through it. Um, Willie Johnston had to record his father's death at the age of 17, just as he was about to break into the team. You know, it's And it's these types of life events that are captured in the book that make these legends the characters that they are. It gave them that, must have given that steel to be able to be a ranger of, of such magnitude. Yeah, I mean, I've outlined that in the book as well, that you know, most of these players were born during the Second World War. Now, a lot of, I mean, John Gregg said he, he didn't really remember much about the Second World War. He just remembered playing in the air raid shelters and things like that. Uh, but I feel like coming out of the Second World War and that period of rationing just after the Second World War, I think for both the Lisbon Lions and the Barca Bears, I think that must have instilled that that hardness and that steel uh, into the teams, uh, coupled with the likes of you know the the hardness that Jock Wallace instilled in these training methods, and I think Jock Steen was very hard in his training methods as well. Uh, so I think that's what made these two teams right for winning in Europe at that point in time. Yeah, and just to go to back to another player there, we mentioned um, Sandy Jardin. Yeah. I, I, something I wasn't aware of, and you mentioned um, Jock Wallace there. Jock Wallace was the manager um, the day that Berwick Rangers beat Rangers. 
Yeah, player manager. Aye. Player manager, of course, yeah, in 1967. Um, and it, I, I found out from reading your book that Sandy Jardin got his opportunity the following week after that. Yeah. You know, he, that's when he was introduced into the Rangers team, and I don't know if that was maybe a, as a result of such a poor performance against Berwick Rangers that Sandy Jardin is then brought into the team. Well, so there's I, little nuggets of information like that throughout the book that's really interesting. I, I know that uh, one or two players, and I, I think Jim Forrest in particular, uh, bore the brunt of that game, didn't he? And I, 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 don't, I don't think his Rangers career uh, progressed much further after the Berwick Rangers game. Uh, and as you say, Jardin, he was, he was still quite, I think he was still a teenager at the time. Uh, and he was given his opportunity. Uh, and I think he'd actually started out as a forward, hadn't he? Uh, but uh, he, he was tried it right back, and uh, that, that, that's, that's where he became very successful. Stuck, yeah. Uh, you, you've obviously done extensive research for this book. I saw references going back to the, the 18th century, I think 1790s. Um, so it's definitely extensive research that you've conducted. I wanted to ask you specifically about Alex MacDonald. His ancestors you traced back to South Uist. Are these records harder to, to obtain in these island communities? Or, or, or do they preserve their records? Is there a, is that, was that a harder um, piece of research that you had to do? Well, funnily enough, with the, the, with the Alec MacDonald one, the, believe it or not, last year I actually uh, was asked to do um, somebody who came from South Uist to do their family history. And it's, it's like all the two main names over there are McDonald and McKechen. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I think I've alluded to that in the book about the McDonald's and the McEachins. And they were they were great supporters of Bonnie Prince Charlie. And it was actually a McEachin who supplied the boat uh, and uh, he was the cousin of Flora MacDonald. Neil McEachin, his name was, and he took uh, Prince Charlie over to Skye to, to, to meet the French boat that took them all to, uh, to France. Uh, now, I'd done a lot of research on that, and I was able to use some of that research with Alec MacDonald's. Uh, but he did allude to it, you know, he did allude in his own book 
uh, to his Catholic granny. Uh, from, uh, and uh, he didn't actually say she came from South Uist. I, I only found that in, 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 in doing the research. But the, the, up to a point, the records are, are pretty good. Uh, I mean, I I could go a lot further back with these family histories, but you're, you're limited to 40,000 words for these books. So I, I tend to uh, not go back further than 1820, 1830, that sort of thing. Um, and a, the records are, are, are pretty good to get back to that stage. It's once you start going beyond that, that records, uh, particularly in the islands, um, you know, like they, they can be a bit more sketchy uh, because you're re reliant on church records uh, and, well, South Use was a Catholic island and a lot of the Catholic records uh, didn't survive, uh, you know, like in the early days, mainly because, uh, you know, like the, the Catholic emancipation hadn't come in by that point in time, so records were kept in secret and stuff like that. Yeah, that, I really did find that interesting that you were able to do that, go to an island community and, and get the, 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 the huge amount of information that you got there. So um, There is a, a guy in the islands, what he does is he, he does what's called the Croft histories. And what he does is he does the history of all the Crofts in various islands, and South Uist is one of them. And you can actually, and I use this for the that McKechn research that I did, uh, and you can actually trace uh, whole families, you know, like, through generations, because the Croft was passed down from father to son, so to speak. Uh, and uh, his his name is um, Bill Lawson. Uh, and if you're ever interested in doing your family history in, in some of the islands, the likes of Lewis and Harris and Sky, uh, the Uists and things like that, they're all kept in the Mitchell Library and they're a fascinating read, so they are. I mean, they even give you the Gallic nicknames of, of, of the people, uh, which is, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, nobody calls themselves by their own name in the islands. They've all got nicknames, so they have. Because they're all they're, they're all got the same surnames like McDonald's, McEckins and Camerons and all this sort of thing. So they've all got to have nicknames to identify themselves. You mentioned in the book that you had the the honour of meeting a few of the players in the lounges back at Ibrooks. Did you let them know about your research and have you have you done any feedback? Have you sent any of them a copy of the book? Well well the idea is um that each of them will get a copy of the book, uh, but because of the lockdown and Ibrooks being closed, uh, I've not been able to do that. But I, I did have the pleasure, uh, and, and, and it was my greatest pleasure to meet Peter McCloy, actually. He, he was a big gentleman, uh, and I, he was actually quite surprised at how much Irish history was in his ancestry. Uh, his his lot came over from Ulster, uh, and they were cloth beetlers in the Loch Winnoch area, uh, round about Howwood. Uh, I know he's known as the Girvan Lighthouse, but he was actually brought up in the in, in, as a young boy in the in the Loch Winnoch area, and then I think the family moved to Girvan later on. So they, I mean, they were just poor cloth beetlers, 
uh, which uh, a cloth beetler is somebody that operates a machine that, that you know how you get a sheen off of linen? Uh, I mean, shine on it, yeah. Shine. The cloth beetler is the machine that it, it kind of pounds, big rollers that pound the, the, the linen into that, that nice sheen that it gets. And uh, I mean, basically that's what they were. Uh, but McCloy's father was, I think he, he, was, he played for St Mirren. <coughs> James McCloy. So he, he did a spell in the, a professional football as well. He, I think it was just after the First World War. He, and as a goalkeeper? He, well, no, that was Jock, I think Jock Wallace's father was a goalkeeper. Oh no, you might be right. I'm not, I'm not sure. No, McCloy was a goalkeeper, but I, I think James McCloy was an out field player. Right. I need to double check that. But I mean, Alfie Conn's father was a quite a famous footballer as well, uh, which might not be well known. Uh, he he was one of the Hearts' terrible trio, and he. Yeah, you do find that, don't you? You find that there's a, it's a it's a skill that's been passed down. If your if your father was a football player, it does get passed down, and that even happens to today. Um, you mentioned uh, Alfie Conn as well. There's a link, and I think we were talking about it earlier, how. Certain towns like Rue, for example, the founding fathers in Pearl Lane, they, they crossed over. There's the same sort of thing with um, Steen and Con, and it's uh, Rath. Is it Ratho? Is that how you pronounce that town? I think they both had ancestors that came from Ratho, yeah. Uh, so you do find a lot of these things that, that, that there's crossovers, isn't there, as you, as you research it? I, I, I mean, I actually contacted Colin Steen. I never quite got an answer from him, but. Uh, when I'd met him and him and uh, Willie Johnson in the Legends Lounge as well that same day I met uh, Peter McCloy. Uh, but in Steen's family history, uh, very much uh, Linlithgowshire was his was his uh, background, uh, and uh, there was a connection to Blackness Castle, uh, and I. I I'd contacted him to find out if he knew what the connection was. Uh, I never quite got an answer. Uh, I think Blackness Castle was used as a, a kind of military base at one time, but I don't know. I don't know if it was any connection to that. Uh, I think the ruins of the castle are still there. And his uh, an interesting story that came out was his ancestor. Uh, I think it might have been his grandmother or something like that. She was actually uh, a domestic for the the DL family. Um, you might remember Tam DL, the MP. Mm-hmm. Well, well they, they were landowners in, in that area, and uh, she was she she was actually a, a domestic servant for the D, uh, the DL family, uh, which came out in the family history as well, which. Uh, I thought that was an interesting one. Tam Gale was famous for what was called the Midlothian question in Parliament, uh, which was coined by Enoch Powell, if you remember Enoch Powell. Yeah, I remember his his speeches, is it the Rivers of of Blood? Rivers of Blood, yeah. Yeah, the Rivers of Blood speeches, yeah. Yeah, lots of interesting things in, in the book. It's you know, it's not just uh, family history. So there is a you know, it's a wide ranging topics in in the book. Really interesting. Well, you, 
the thing when when you actually start out with these books, uh, you have no idea where they're going to take you. Uh, and I, I never thought it would take me into things like Enoch Powell or uh, Tam DL or, or the history of the DL family. You know, they, they, they had quite a fascinating history as well, so they did. Uh, so I, 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 I sketched over these things as well, you know, to, to bring, they bring a bit of colour into the book. Absolutely, no, it definitely does. It paints a picture and there's lots of references to um, the wartime as well, things that were going on at that time. You know, there were certain uh, invasions happening, there were certain battles of the war, so there's lots of, lots of information in the book. As you say, it paints a picture and, and well, brings a lot of colour. I mean, you'll see that in the book again. Sometimes I do that, that, uh, you know, let's say if somebody's born on a particular date and it, it, say it was during a First World War day or a Second World War day, I would maybe look up and say, well, what, what actually was going on in the war in that date? Uh, and, and it just, it, 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 it paints a picture of that point in time when, uh, you know, when somebody was actually born or died or get married or something like that. Uh, and and maybe why they get married? Yeah, people returning from the war to meet their sweethearts, well, and maybe not particularly in the, the Barca Bears one, but what one was uh, uh, in the, the the Pride of the Lions. Uh, Jim Craig's father actually came from Edinburgh, but he was actually based in the Royal Navy in the Clyde, and that's 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 where he met his wife. She she came from Govan. Uh, believe it or not, Jim Craig was a Govan boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's these quirks of history that if they hadn't happened then these players would never have been on the field uh, and, and went on to, to win the, the glory that they got okay. Well you've mentioned in the book that you're maybe thinking about extending the series um, this obviously is about Cup Winners Cup would you, what is next in the series or the, is it, will, it, will you extend it as Aberdeen's success of the eighties is that a is that a possible that, next that, step? Yeah, that that one's planned. Pride of the Dawns is planned for uh, twenty twenty three, which will be the fortieth anniversary of Gothenburg. And following enough, my my brother uh, who, who who is a member of the Legends Lounge, uh, and he was the one that introduced me to uh, McCloy, Steen, and Willie Johnson. He actually was in Gothenburg, funnily enough. Uh, he, he, he went over to Gothenburg. He's not an Aberdeen supporter, but uh, I think it was just for the, the historic occasion. Uh, and uh, I did write to Sir Alec Ferguson uh, and ask him if he would uh, endorse the book, but uh, he, he felt that he, he couldn't endorse it. So, well, it's a great hero of mine, so I'll just have to leave it at that. But the, the book hopefully will be written in 2023. Uh, the one I'm working on at the moment uh, is an interesting one. That's Pride of the Hearts. Uh, and that is uh, the 16 Hearts players who signed up uh, for the, the 16th Battalion Royal Scots, which was known as McCray's Battalion. And I think about seven of them get killed. You know, uh, and so, uh, I think at least two of them fell on the first day of the Battle of the Somme, uh, which was the, the bloodiest day in British uh, military history. So there were 57,000 uh, casualties on that one day alone. Uh, and at, at least two of the Hearts players fell uh, 
in that battle. They volunteered, didn't they? They volunteered as a team, they all said. They volunteered as a team. Uh, it was, it was before, up. Yeah, it was before conscription came in, I think, in 1916. They all went down... Uh, I think November 1914, and they, they signed up. Uh, and, uh, you know, like some of their stories are quite harrowing, actually. But again, it's it's mainly based on the family history. Of course. I think another, I don't know if this is a suggestion for you, with our 150-year anniversary of the club approaching, would you consider looking at the history of the Founding Fathers well, has that not already been done in a book? Um, I wasn't aware of it, no. Or, or, or do you mean from a family history point of view? Yeah, sorry, yeah, from the family history point of view, as you've done with the other books. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it's it's not something I've thought about, but, yeah, I mean, it is something that uh, uh, you, you've put into my mind now. I mean, uh, the, the, the one book I did want to write was the... Uh, the 1968 uh, Manchester United, the Buzz, you know, the Busby, Busby team, Bears. yeah, uh, that won in, in Wembley. Uh, I, I I well remember that game, uh, and I, I've always been fond of Manchester United since then. And obviously, with Sir Alec Ferguson being a, a big hero of mine, you know, uh, I, I I've always followed Manchester United through his years. Um, the only thing about it is that English family history is much more it's much more expensive to to, to research uh, and it probably would make the cost of the book prohibitive. Yeah. You, you've got to try and keep a book like that down to under ten pound uh, and you've got to keep it to forty thousand words, you know, to, to, to be able to, to produce a book like that. I see. Okay. But, it's not something I'm ruling out, uh, and, and believe it or not, somebody suggested that the 1966 team <laughs> you know, uh, uh, would would be a great seller as well. You know. I'd say maybe the 1967 team, the Wembley Wizards, would be a better one. But okay. <laughs> Going back to Pride of the Hearts, Graham. What what I should say is that uh, one one of the first chapters is actually somebody called Duncan Curry. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me uh, that back. And he, uh, I think his uh, ancestors came from Ayrshire. No, that's where I am today, yeah. I'm in Rickerton at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, he, he, he was uh, signed by Hearts from Ayrshire, so he was. I think, I think off the top of my mind, he might have played for the uh, co-winning Rangers. Yeah, the Yeah. Yeah. Now that's been really interesting, um, Derek. I really appreciate that. You've very kindly agreed to put a, a signed copy of the book up to one lucky listener. Yes. I really appreciate that. So that's a good idea to do that. Um, so for the listeners then, in order to be in with a chance of winning the book, they'll need to answer a question. It's relating to the victory itself. Um, Derek, would you like to pose the question? It, yeah, well, obviously your, your listener will have to... Uh give you his details, like his email address or his postal address or whatever. Of course. So that I can uh, uh, post the book out to him. 
We'll put more details of the competition yeah. on the, the Twitter page. It's at the Gallant Few One. So we'll put details of the, the competition um, on there. Right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give a slightly oblique question relating to the, the, the 1972 uh, final. Um, what did uh, Captain Courageous, uh, John Gregg, state that he would do if Rangers won the European Cup Winners' Cup in Barcelona? Okay, that's a great question. Thanks, Derek. What did Captain John Gregg say he would do if Rangers won the European Cup Winners' Cup in Barcelona in 1972? As I say, we'll put more details of that competition on the Twitter page at the Gallant Few One. Derek, in terms of the book, we'll also put details of, of where the listeners can obtain the book. Um, but maybe you can tell us a little bit just now. Where can where can listeners who are interested in this pick it up? Well, if you're in the UK, um, if you go to Amazon.co.uk and just type in Pride of the Bears, uh, and you can put Derek Niven as the author as well if you want, uh, and uh, you'll find it there. Um, the the two best uh, options for you are. Um, Amazon Book Depository, uh, which are doing the book for nine ninety nine with free delivery, and the, you've also got if you're a pr- Amazon Prime member, uh, you, you can get it for nine ninety nine, and you can get that with the standard delivery, or I think they're doing a promotion uh, where you can get a pound off if you take delayed delivery. You know, so if you're not in a it's a kind of no rush promotion, so you could get it for eight ninety nine with Amazon Prime. Uh, you can also get it on my Facebook page, uh, which again is called Pride of the Bears. If you just look for Pride of the Bears, you get it on my Facebook page. I've also got it on uh, Facebook Marketplace, and uh, if some of your listeners use Rangers Buy and Sell, uh, you'll find it on Rangers Buy and Sell there. And that, that's, that's for a signed copy. Um, so I'm doing a signed copy for £9. If you con- you'll contact me direct with that one. That's very nice. That's great. We'll get the, the links for each of them um, on our Twitter page um, and we'll get that promoted for you as well. So thanks very much, Derek. Derek, thanks again for giving up your time to talk to us today um, and the book as a giveaway. I really appreciate it. I've thoroughly enjoyed the chat today. Um, maybe we'll talk again if we do get another book in the series relating to Rangers. Um, so thanks very much. Okay, that's great. Thank you. Thank, thanks, Graham, for having me. Thank you, Derek. Well, that's all for today's podcast. Thanks to those who listened today. And please do have a look at the Twitter feed for more information on how to get your hands on Pride of the Bears. Thanks for listening, guys. Goodbye. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.